When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to the John Clay Podcast. I'm John Clay, sports columnist with the Lexington Arrow Leader and Kentucky.com. On today's podcast, we're going to preview the Kentucky-Tennessee football game this Saturday night at Kroger Field. It's a 7 o'clock start on ESPN2. The Wildcats come into the game off a disappointing showing down in Starkville, Mississippi last week, losing to Mississippi State 31-17. That dropped Mark Stoops' team to 6-2 and overall and 4-2 and in the SEC. Tennessee under first-year head coach Josh Heupel, who came to the Volunteers from UCF. The Vols are four and four overall, two and three in the SEC. Tennessee had a bye week last week. To give us a scouting report on the Vols, I talked to Jimmy Himes, the longtime afternoon host for Sports Talk Radio WNML in Knoxville. Jimmy is like the expert on all Tennessee athletics, especially football. Jimmy gave us a great scouting report on the Vols and what Josh Heupel has done in his first season down in Tennessee. And for the Kentucky scouting report, I talked with Josh Moore, my colleague, the UK football beat writer at the Lexington Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. So let's not waste any time. First, we'll have my talk with Jimmy Himes of WNML in Knoxville. And then after that, you'll hear from Josh Moore of the Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. Okay, my guest now on the podcast is my friend, longtime friend, Jimmy Himes, afternoon host at WNML Radio there in Knoxville. I've known Jimmy since his days back at the News Sentinel. How are things How are things in Knoxville, Jimmy? John, they're going great. Uh, this is uh, it's been a fun team to cover so far, but uh, a lot of the athletic programs at Tennessee are doing very well, so it's been a, been a good time to cover Tennessee. Yeah, of course, Kentucky and Tennessee on Saturday night at Kroger Field. Uh, Josh Heupel, new Tennessee coach. First of all, how – did the fans react to uh, Heupel being hired after the abrupt firing and kind of mess there with Jeremy Pruitt? And how's Josh, how's he done so far in his first season? The fan base was not overly thrilled with the hiring of Josh Heupel. Um, as with most fan bases, they wanted Tennessee to hire Nick Saban or somebody like that. <laughs> of course. Uh, it's hard to do. It, it, and it, it's hard to hire really good coaches. So uh, when he was not the first choice of the, athletic director, uh, and uh, when he went down the pecking order, Danny White, who was the athletic director at Central Florida, looked and said, look, I got a guy at Central Florida. He's a really good coach. He's got a really good offense. He'll win some games. Now, does he have a ceiling? Maybe. We'll find out. It was not well received, but by golly, he's popular now. They have seen that this offense works in the SEC. Uh, they've seen a team that plays hard, that plays fast, that plays together. 
And and then defensively, they don't make a whole lot of mistakes. Now, uh, when I say that, under Jeremy Pruitt, I thought his defense was so complicated, John, that you'd see players all the time looking over to the sideline, shrugging their shoulders like, what am I supposed to do? You don't see that with this group. And so um, he has been well-received. He's very popular right now. And he's taken a, I guess I can call him a reject quarterback from Virginia Tech, who leads the SEC in passing efficiency. He ranks number four in the nation in passing efficiency. And he's done a heck of a job with Hendon Hooker. And Hendon Hooker's done a heck of a job, too. I need to give him credit. But uh, the, the fan base is really behind Josh Heupel now after having some doubts when he was first hired. Well, let's start with the offense. Of course, that was Josh's reputation coming in, quarterback at Oklahoma, offensive coordinator there. Uh, he coached with Mark Stoops for a year at Arizona. He was the tight ends coach when Mark was a defensive coordinator uh, out there. Then uh, Josh, uh, he went from Oklahoma to Missouri. Uh, I think he had one stop in between. Then to Central Florida as a head coach where he did very well and now to Tennessee. Uh, reputation having a very high-tempo offense. What about this offense for Tennessee? It is high tempo. There's no doubt about it. They get after it, and, and uh, they will, they run like three plays per minute. They're one of the fastest offenses in the country, and and that's what he wants them to be. And in fact, after a game, they might run eighty or eighty five plays, and then Heifel's complaining about how they should have run more plays. <laughs> so he does like to hurry up. Uh, about the only thing that slows them down sometimes is when they substitute or when the defense fakes an injury. And there's a whole lot of injury faking going on right now in college football. Absolutely. But yeah, this offense, um, uh, and it's a really good running attack. Now, uh, until the Alabama game, Tennessee was averaging right at 250 yards per game, which is, uh, which is a really good total. Uh, Alabama slowed them down. But they run it. here's the thing, too, about this, John, that's amazing to me. They have... There are very few games or even quarters this year where they've had both of their top two running backs healthy, Jabari Small and Tyon Evans. Both have had injuries. The offensive line has had a plethora of injuries. They have had to piecemeal this thing. They're moving guards to center and uh, and tackles to guard and moving people around. And yet they're still running the ball pretty effectively. The only team that really shut them down was Alabama. Uh, against everybody else, they've had at least a modicum of success. But that's impressed me that they've run the football that well with banged-up running backs with a banged-up offensive line. And uh, and then Hendon Hooker's made a difference there. He's a good running quarterback. I don't know if I'd say great, but he's a really good running quarterback. And he has made a huge difference with this offense. I asked a player today, uh, Jabari Small, I said, what has Hendon Hooker meant to this offense? He said, the world. So he's been very effective with this group. But this offense is fun to watch, and when they get rolling – uh, they can last Missouri. They can score a lot of points, and uh, they can get you in a hurry. Yeah, I think they scored. I think they scored twenty eight points in the first quarter in back to back games, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Well, what what happened at the beginning of the season when Joe Milton, the uh, transfer for Michigan, was the starting quarterback? Was had Hendon not just had he not grasped the offense yet? Did Milton beat him out in the preseason? What went on there, and what prompted uh, Josh Heupel to make the change? Joe Milton apparently is one of those guys that is a great practice player, but it doesn't translate to a game. Uh, he's kind of like me as a golfer. I'm really good on that driving range. <laughs> I get on the court and there's water left, there's out of bounds right, and I can't hit it. I can't hit it a lick. I think that's what happened to Joe Milton. Uh, when he lost the job at Michigan, we visited with the beat writer at Michigan that said there were three reasons he lost the job. One, he was an inaccurate passer. Secondly, he had no touch. 
And third, he wasn't a very good decision maker. Now, all of that showed up in the first two games. And and you're left scratching your head about why in the world did they like him? Well, Josh Heupel and other assistants and other people I talked to that were able to watch practices said he was terrific in practice. He hit the long ball. He made good decisions. He hit the intermediate route, whatever he needed to do. And he's a tremendous athlete. But it just didn't translate to the game. Hendon Hooker's a gamer. He is a tough character. He can run. He can make all the throws. Good decision maker. And he has made a whale of a difference. So when you look back, it's kind of, you kind of scratch your head about how in the world was Milton ahead of, of Hooker. But the only explanation is that in practice he was terrific and it just didn't translate to the game. Okay, let's flip over to the defense. How has Tennessee been defensively so far? I am not as surprised by the offensive success as I am the defensive success. I expected Hypo's offense to be pretty good, and regardless of who the quarterback would be, I thought they'd be pretty good. This defense has been a lot better than I thought. Right. Uh, now, you have to keep in mind that, that when you play defense in this kind of system, you're going to play more possessions, more snaps. You're going to be on the field a lot longer, right? So you have to grade on the curve a little bit. But who would have thought that – the first week in November, Tennessee would lead the nation in tackles for loss. Then they got 70 tackles for loss. They got 20-something sacks. Of those tackles for loss, more than 25 different players have contributed. So defensively, they're a lot better than I thought they would be. They're pretty good against the run. Uh, they got punctured by a couple of teams that had really – that had really one was Florida with a really good running quarterback. They're not very good against running quarterbacks. You could say that about a lot of defenses. Right. Uh, Alabama's quarterback, Bryce Young, even ran for 42 yards, and that was uh, double his best game total. Matt Corral ran for 195. Uh, but it, it against just the regular running game, they're pretty good. When you throw the quarterback into the equation, they're pretty average, uh, which makes me think Kentucky might run Will Levis 35 times. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, defensively, uh, their front is, is solid. It's not great. I don't know that they got an NFL player, but they play a lot of guys up front. <clears throat> In my opinion, the weakness of the team is at linebacker. They're just they're pretty average at linebacker. And then in the secondary, they're solid. They've got some good players, whether it's Alante Taylor, Warren Burrell, or Jalen McCullough. Uh, Theo Jackson has been their best defensive back. He plays the nickel position. So defensively, they have they've been pretty good. And and I will suggest that sometimes those numbers are misleading because they're on the field a lot based on the offense they run. But, uh, but I give a thumbs up to the defense. They, they play pretty well. Tennessee almost always has a strong kicking game. How, how have they been on special teams so far? Pretty good. They, their kicker is Chase McGrath. He is a transfer from Southern Cal, and, and he's, a, he's had a pretty good year. He's not a great kicker, but he makes the kicks he's supposed to make. Uh, the punter, uh, uh, who, who was injured a little bit earlier, uh, Paxton Brooks, uh, he's got a good average, so he's he's done well in that regard. So um, they don't have really any complaints about that. The kick coverage has been really good with rare exception. But the punter's averaging 44.5 yards. That's a really good total. Uh, the field goal kicker's 8 out of 10. That's pretty accurate. He hadn't attempted a lot. Uh, in the return game, uh, Valus Jones leads the nation in career kickoff return yards. Now, a lot of those came when he was at Southern Cal. He is a quality kick returner. Uh, and Tennessee is pretty – they're okay on punt returns. They average about 10 yards of punt return. Uh, and their coverage on punts and kickoffs has been really good with one exception. So I um, I think the special teams at Tennessee, uh, I'd probably give them a B-plus if I had to grade them. 
Uh, Jimmy, you know as well as I do, though, it's all about recruiting. How is how's Heupel doing so far, especially for a guy who came in? I, I think he wasn't named head coach until uh, mid-January or something like that. How's he done on the recruiting front at this point, or is it too early to tell? He's done okay. Now, it is a bit too early to tell. They're at 14 commitments, and they're stuck on 14 commitments. Uh, that doesn't really make a whole lot of difference. What matters is like December the 18th or whatever the signing period is. The one thing that hurt them, John, a lot is that the state of Tennessee in the last 10 years has been far better at producing football recruits than at any time in the 36 years I've been covering Tennessee. It's far better. There are a ton of players in Nashville. There are a ton of players in Memphis. There are are more players in East Tennessee. But the problem is Hypo got here so late a lot of those kids had already committed elsewhere or Tennessee's having to make up a lot of ground. Now, I do think they're making up some ground, but I don't know that they're going to make up enough to get the best players. I mean, the best quarterback prospect to come out of Tennessee in 30 years is committed to Alabama. That's not good. So they've, they've lost some really nice players along the way, and whether he can get them to change their mind uh, or whether he can get in on some of the uncommitted players, I'm not sure. But here's the thing, and, and right now they're, they'll tell you differently, but they're playing with 78 scholarship players. Tennessee doesn't count the super seniors. Mm-hmm. Why, I don't know, because the super seniors on scholarship. So Tennessee will tell you they got 71 on scholarship, they have 78. I don't know when they can get back to 85, but this is a staggering number for you. Since the start of last year, there are 45 players that could be on this roster that are not. Wow. There have been 39 people that entered the transfer portal, including quarterback Harrison Bailey, who entered the portal last week, two players took a medical uh, hardship because of injury, and four players who had signed a national letter of intent asked out, and Tennessee honored that. That's 45 players. Wow. And yet, here you are at four and four, and you're very likely to go six and six and get a bowl bid. So I, th- I think that's a pretty darn good job of coaching to be at this level given all the players you've lost. And look, these players didn't all go to Lenore Ryan or Gardner-Webb. Right. you got a starting linebacker at Alabama at Michigan State. you got three players at Oklahoma playing a lot. you got a starting tackle at Texas A&M. They're all over the place. Right. And, play, and a lot of them are playing really well. So they, they did lose some really good players. Right. Okay, well, what does Tennessee have to do on Saturday night to get uh, one step closer to going to a bowl game and, and knock off Kentucky at Kroger Field? What, what are the keys for the Vols? Uh, Hendon Hooker completing 36 of 39 passes. Uh, that would help. If he becomes Will Rogers, um, I, I think uh, I think there's several keys. One is uh, Tennessee has to run the ball effectively because if they're not running it well, I, I don't know that they can just drop back and throw it all over the place. So I think running it, also stopping the run like Mississippi State did against Kentucky. If they can contain Chris Rodriguez, if they can contain the run game, that's another key. I'll give you two others, and, and Kentucky's had trouble with turnovers, right? Absolutely. So if Tennessee can win the turnover battle, that would be big. Here's another Achilles heel for Tennessee's defense. Against Alabama, Alabama got third and eight, third and 12, third and seven, third and 14. They, Alabama converted 15 out of 20 third downs. Wow. That's incredible. 15 out of 30. So third down defense for Tennessee is big. They were poor in third-down defense against Alabama. Uh, they, were, they gave up 11 out of 21 to Ole Miss. So I think third-down defense for this Tennessee team is, uh, is going to be a key. 
Well, it should be an interesting game. It always is when Kentucky plays Tennessee. Jimmy, tell the listeners where they, how they can follow you on Twitter and where they can uh, pick up your show online. On Twitter, you can go to at Jimmy Himes. Um, I have been flattered by having as many as 24 fake accounts. So be careful when you go to follow me on Twitter at Jimmy Himes. Uh, also, you can follow us, um, iHeartRadio. And, uh, if you're in the area, you can hear us at, uh, 9, 990 AM, 99.1 FM. And you can go to our website where we post blogs at 991thesportsanimal.com. And if you, anything you want to know about Tennessee athletics, be sure and check Jimmy out. He does a fabulous job. Jimmy, thanks so much for being on the podcast. We always appreciate it. John, it's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Okay, thanks as always to Jimmy Himes of WNML in Knoxville. And right after the break, we'll be back with Josh Moore of their leader and Kentucky.com. Okay, my guest now is Josh Moore, UK football beat writer for the Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. How's it going, Josh? I'm well, John, trying to, uh, you know, I went to start growing and survived. I, you know, we can't, you know, don't know, can't say much about, uh, the same about the uh, UK's uh, playoff hopes after that visit, but uh, that's, that's, you know, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Yeah, game aside, how was your trip to Starkville? We'll, we'll leave the game out of it, just how was the trip? Ah, I, I mean, it was, I mean, it was a trip. I don't know. It was, there was a nice, uh, <laughs> it was a trip. Uh, okay. But a nice little coffee shop called Southbound Coffee. Shout out to them. Um, within walking distance of my hotel. Uh, let's see. I, I went for a run on Saturday morning and didn't get run over despite there not being any sidewalks. So that was fun. <laughs> uh, in, in Columbus, Mississippi. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't, I have thoughts about Mississippi that aren't safe for, uh, you know, work probably. <laughs> I mean, <that's laughs> watch out now. I had a nephew, uh, who went to, uh, college in Columbus, Mississippi at the university of Mississippi for women. He played, uh, but it's actually co-ed, but they've kept the name. He played, uh, baseball and soccer there. So, and he had a good experience there. So <clears throat> not, you know, watch, watch the Mississippi slander. Now some people get upset about that. So, uh, but anyway, I've stayed in Columbus before. There used to be a really yeah. good restaurant there, but I can't think of the name there. We used to eat, but I can't think of the name of it. But anyway. yeah, I mean, I, I bet there were a lot of good restaurants there. I mean, it looked like, uh, you know, it looked like, you know, I and mean, it had a ton of, I don't know. It, I, I just, it just, you know, I don't ask for a lot. I just want some sidewalks and some. <laughs> and a coffee um, shop. And a coffee. And the coffee shop was good. I, so I really I like the coffee shop a lot. So I got I got one of the two. Okay. You know, I, I like a nice little brewery or something if I can check out, you know, have a beer the dot before or something. Yeah. But you know, okay. they don't that's not a thing in Miss, uh, Mississippi apparently. They don't uh, there's like there's it's funny. I, I looked it up. There's apparently like twelve in the whole state and there's like twelve in Lexington, so you know <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Not a priority there. Okay, well let's nope. switch. Let's switch to this Saturday, <clears throat> Kentucky and Tennessee, uh, seven o'clock at Kroger Field. Uh, okay, we're not gonna we're not gonna rehash the Mississippi State game, which we which has been rehashed to death pretty much at this point. But how does Kentucky move forward? What What do you feel? I mean, Mark Stoops was not a happy camper on Monday when we talked to him. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, it was one of the shortest uh, weekly press conferences we've had with Mark. Uh, if if you're Kentucky, what what are you working on this week to try to get correct things and get ready for Tennessee? 
it's got to i mean as far as the you know on field stuff I, I think the the biggest thing you know is getting will levis's confidence back and i don't know that he lacks confidence i think that's maybe the that's maybe not the 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 way to, to phrase it, but that, you know, that's the way I'm going to phrase it. Just get, get his, I don't know the, the, that his, you know, early on watching him, the, you know, the, the timing was off and, and, and some of the, the short passing and things was, was kind of the problem. And then, but, but you saw the arm, you know, we saw the arm and he was connecting and those big balls looked really good. And, 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 but that's really, that's not been, Anywhere, I mean, the, the the throws, like the passes, have been there. The 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 the, you know, the plays have been there. But the him connection, it's not. It seems like going back to the Florida game before the Florida game. So, you know, I don't remember any really big passes that they've been able to hit on. Um, some of that, and a lot of that's had to do with with Levis going the wrong place or trying to force a throw somewhere where it maybe is a little too too much to to you know ask for and. And and so I think that's you know you, you would like to see that get addressed and and fixed right away because I think you know you know without that piece this this offense is just going to kind of revert back to what it was um, the last couple of years which was effective um, but you're not you know what are you really getting as far as uh, you know showing that you're making strides um, and then you know and then to, you know kind of you know, piggyback off that, I, you know, getting the run game going, I think is very significant. I, you know, I think Georgia, you know, Georgia, you almost have to throw out, I think. I mean, because that was, that was, you know, one, you know, one, it, it just still continues to kind of boggle my mind that they looked better against Georgia than they did Mississippi State. Right. Like, that's, that's the thing that I'm having a hard time with um, when you're trying to think about how this team has looked the last two times out. They just, you know, not in the, you know, Mississippi is certainly not a, you know, joke of a defense or anything they and they do some unusual things that kind of you know keep you keep you uh you know on your toes but i just didn't think they had like this overwhelming kind of talent up front that that kind of you know that georgia does it kind of opens up all the things they can do on defense and they really mississippi state in a lot of ways looked like they were (laughs) they were more physical than georgia um against Kentucky and so you yeah that's really something that you know whether it is Rodriguez has an issue that's just you know he's playing through something that's worse than we're we've been led on to or um, if it's something up front with the offensive line that's going on there's a you know the, the run game has to be working too um to to get anything really going and um I don't know. It's 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 unfortunate that you know you start out this season with all this momentum if you're Kentucky and, and everyone's really excited and now you're um, you know the Georgia loss. I think <clears throat> I don't know that anybody didn't expect that to happen. But then you go down to Mississippi State and not just lose. I think you could have felt good about where you're at and still have lost that game. But just to you know really turn in a, a really just just embarrassing effort. I mean it was that's just not something you. Um, you wanted to see, but it's also something you almost should probably should have expected because they go down to Starkville every year, every other year, and and do something like that, and and then they, and 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 you're you have the combination of coming off the Georgia loss and coming off a of bye week, two things that historically are not good uh, for Mark Stoops teams, and 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 you know, 
So maybe, I mean, maybe that, you know, maybe there's nothing to fix. Maybe everything's fine. They just had to, you know, throw in their clunker. <laughs> yeah, it could be. They, uh, back to the about explosive plays on pass plays. I was just looking it up here. Uh, through the first four games, if you go by passes of 20 or more yards, the first four games they had 15. Now, obviously, there were the defenses were not as strong. The first four games are against Missouri, uh, Louisiana Monroe, Missouri, Chattanooga and South Carolina. The last four games, obviously playing tougher defenses, Florida, uh, LSU, Georgia, Mississippi State, they had five passes, five completions of 20 or more yards. I'm talking about completions, not passes. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, but I think you're right, goes back to, <clears throat> I'm sorry, so much of their pass game is predicated off play action and off their running game being strong in the running game. They've been under 100 yards the last two weeks. Obviously, they played two really good run defenses, played elite defense of Georgia. Mississippi State's a really good run defense. But I think, you know, we talked to Liam Cohen last night uh, on Zoom after practice, and Liam said we got to get back to running the ball. Uh, and I think that's I think that's going to be a key on, on Saturday is getting back. And a lot of that, I think, is predicated on the health, uh, you know, of Chris Rodriguez, which kind of segues into the next thing. This this is a beat up football team right now. Uh, how bad it, do you think the injury situation is, and uh, are they going to get some guys back healthier who they've been missing? We'll see. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't. I mean, you know. Yeah, that was Stoops's answer to every one of our injury uh, queries on Monday. To where we it got to a point where we started laughing. Uh, but uh, anyway, go ahead. We were, uh, in hindsight, we were very fortunate that uh, Mark's or that Will Levis j- just happened to drop Will, Josh Ali's name in practice, or we probably would have never known right. about him being, you know, out right. there on Saturday. Because right. um, he wasn't on the depth chart. They didn't, you know, he wasn't on the updated depth chart or anything down there in the press box. So he was out there, but, um, and looked good, you know, so that was a good thing. So you have Ali, it still sounds like, you know, the way Stoops has talked since then, he still maybe little worried about his you know you know i mean i think that might just be like genuine concern like hoping he doesn't got re-injure the, the right. his knee or or whatever he did um yeah it's tough man this this um rodriguez clearly has something going on they say it's not the wrist but it's something else i we could speculate for days on what that could be it could be you know we, we keep saying it might be an injury but there's you know there's this pandemic thing going on that possibly you know could be a factor too in any of this stuff as well i mean that's something that we don't you know really you know disclose as much anymore but it doesn't you know it's because it, no one's really asking about it but i mean that's certainly yeah you know, i think not saying you know rodriguez had that COVID or anything again i know he had you know was in protocols once last year but you know it's you know yeah, Something when I look, keep in mind. yeah, but when you look back after we were asking about Chris on on Saturday, I think I mean on Monday you asked about Chris. I think he followed that right up by saying, you know, things happen to these guys. We do a lot of hitting in mm-hmm. practice. You know, things are going to happen, which makes me think it's because when he yeah when he first said that about he's dealing with an issue, he didn't really say a physical issue. He thought is there something else going on? But then he followed that right up talking about you know player you know we do hitting in practice. These players go through a lot, right. so I think it's physical, but we don't know for sure. Yeah, well, and what the so you know the you know if you assume it's physical, you wonder if it's maybe related to his hands, yeah. um, because you know he had the wrist issue, but also um, 
you know, in the game down there in Starville, he he started playing without gloves, and that was something. He'd started playing with gloves uh, while they were still at home um, after the fumbles and things, and and it seemed, you know, it sort of seemed to help, you know, the, you know, anecdotally at least it helped. He he acted like, and but he went out there without the gloves on on Saturday for the first time, first couple series out there. Then he came back into the game with gloves on, so. You know, he got something going on with his hands, or were they just cold, or right. um, you know, it could be a million reasons. But uh, yeah, it's a you know, so that's a, a a strange situation. The thing I was getting at, I asked Liam Colton about <clears throat> this yesterday. You know, you can think of guys is healthy enough to go out there, and, and and every you know, football players get hurt. I mean, they're all playing through something, you know, something nagging, or or you know, just a, you know, bruises or whatever it might be, just by the nature of what they're doing. Um, but at what point do you have to say, you know, if Rodriguez is, is continues to struggle, do you just say you've got to just sit this one out and get healthy and and try to ride with someone else? Now, obviously, Chris Rodriguez is the best running back on this football team, but you don't. I don't know what you get if you just keep trying to struggle with him. Um, you know, if he can't make it happen, All I just right. don't. To me, it, you know, and it seems like they want to. I think that you know, because Cavassier Smoke started, and 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 it was strange. People talked about him starting like this was the first time. It seems like the last like four or five games he's been the first running back out there, right? Um, and even Kentucky in there, like when they say like who started or who didn't, um, you know, list Rodriguez as a starter in those games when when Smoke was the first back out there. I, I thought that was kind of strange, but. Um, it's just, I don't know. It just seems like to me that they're really trying to, you know, get smoke going. They've really been active in that, and and there's a reason for that. It has to be, um, you know, the, 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 whatever Rodriguez is dealing with is is clearly a big factor, and and that's not, you know, so that's the biggest thing you're dealing with on the offensive side of the ball at this point, injury wise. I think, you know, the the. You know, Derek Rosenthal was went down, but I, I think he was fine. He came back into the game um, and kind of left again. I I, th- I wonder if you know maybe that was just you know precautionary. Um, you know, the defensive stuff is is really they really miss Marquand McCall. Absolutely. Um, I, I think those guys, those those sophomores up front, you know, Josiah Hayes and Justin Rogers that are rotating, I think they're good. I think they're going to be really good nose tackles and, you know, D-linemen, but, but McCall is a different, you know, force. And, and, and those guys really benefited from being the, the kind of the guys that spelled him at this point in their careers as opposed to guys that have to go out there and anchor that line. And, um, you know, it doesn't sound like you – know, who knows the way Stoops answered everything this week? It's hard to tell if he's trying to, you know, <laughs> play possum or or literally doesn't know, you know, what you know whether these guys will be available. Right. Um, but it, I'm going to assume Marquand's not out there this week. Um, he wasn't. He wasn't and, on the depth chart, right? Yeah, he wasn't on the depth chart, which you know. Whatever at the you know seems like at every point this, at this point in the season the depth chart becomes kind of useless um, most seasons so right. it's good they're really nice about updating it throughout the you know most of the year I, and then we'll get to the bowl game and there'll suddenly be a lot of changes and that's like their <laughs> their, right. their their big signal um, 
so we'll see. I mean, I mean, it would, <laughs> that was, that one was accidental. Um, well, you know, you certainly would love to have Marquam back, but I, I wouldn't count on it. And am I, mis- am I misremembering? Did he get hurt at Tennessee last year? I, I, he might have, I'd have to, or, or I, I, I guess it's, I might be thinking of Quentin Bohanna. Maybe I feel like, I think Quentin got hurt. Do some some live uh, producing here. I, I believe, um, yeah. So yeah, when they went down there and, and beat Tennessee, uh, it was like right before the. It was like the last like possession, last like couple plays of the um, first half. He he went down with something, and um, I think he ended up you know missing a couple games after that. So. Um, so they've done. They've been in this position before, where they, you know, didn't have their their top uh, nose uh, uh, going up against the Volunteers. So obviously, this team that they're playing is a lot different than the team they whooped up on last year. So it's it's. I don't know how much we can really compare year over year as right. far as that goes. Right. Right. So what? Uh, okay. So what? Do, what do they have to do Saturday? You think what? What? Are there a couple things Kentucky has to do to get back on track and beat Tennessee? If they beat Tennessee, it would be their third win over Tennessee in the last five years. Uh, first time I think they've beaten Tennessee back to back since 1976 and 77. Um, what 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 do they have to do Saturday? You think we've kind of touched on it, but what what do you, is there anything else that you feel like they have to do? Well, the other thing that we haven't missed, you know, ever haven't hit on is is just the the tackling <laughs> and the, and the, and, and the, the, the spacing of you know, where guys are supposed to be like where they're, you know, sort of, you, you know, to be in the position that they're supposed to be in to, to make the, 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 the very routine stuff. I mean, it, it's, it's getting kind of comical watching Kentucky go up against these teams that <laughs> just, you know what they're going to do. It, it's like, there's clearly it's, there's no, it was funny watching some fans talk about complain about like the defense, like the the way that the defense was like they wanted to like the scheme to change. It was like, well, you're kind of you're pretty much playing the the, the best scheme you can play against that kind of offense. Like it's not like um, there's a real big secret to what you can like suddenly shake things up um, with your personnel. They were doing what they needed to be doing against Mike Leach last week. It's just they couldn't tackle guys, and they couldn't you know, every any time a ball was in the air, they they weren't even in a position like the corners weren't even in a spot to you know the right spot to even have a chance to challenge the ball. Mm-hmm. Like, and it and that's something that you got to you know. And that's been that's just a year long problem. So at this point, I don't know how you really what you you know do to make that better it, it certainly showed that they hadn't tackled in two weeks you know since you know, the georgia game and the bye week i think i think that was certainly you know that that was the, as far as being a couple weeks off that was probably the, the worst thing is it kind of made you rusty um a little bit in that department and and that was certainly not an area um that you could afford to have such a letdown because they've not been that great all year um, and not to rail on those guys. I, I like those 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 kids that are out there at the corner, but they just really have to, you know, step up. Um, and I don't know what they, you know, do to take, you know, 
take it upon themselves. I thought Valentine, you know, a few games ago would kind of look like he'd maybe turn the corner, but, um, you know, he's still a young guy <laughs> and it's, right. it's, it shows out there a lot of times. Right. No, I think tackling, if you go back if, with, when we talked to Brad White before the, the defensive coordinator before the Mississippi State game, he said tackling was important. We got to pinpoint guys to the ground. Uh, but he he made a comment right at the very end of that comment about, you know, we haven't, but it, we've had an off week. We haven't been tackling, so we'll see how it goes. I think the other thing with this defense is they got to start, they got to find a way to start turning getting some turnovers, turning the other team over. I mean, we talk a lot about the <clears throat> turnover margin. Kentucky's last in the country out of 130 teams in turnover margin. And we talk about the fumbles and interceptions, which are not good. But they're also last in the last in college football in, in um, turning people over. They've only had four turnovers all year. Uh, the defense has come up with. I mean, that's tied with Florida International. I'm looking at the stats here, Florida International and Memphis. And I know some of those things are random, you know, balls on the ground about trying to recover a fumble and stuff. But they they got to find a way to start getting some turnovers. I don't think they've – let me look back here. I don't think they forced a turnover in the last three games. Uh, let's see here. No, they did have a turnover. Uh, one turnover they forced against LSU, but they haven't uh, – had in the last couple of games, uh, Georgia or Mississippi State did not force a turnover. They got, they got to find a way to come up with something there on that end of it. I think. Oh yeah, it's it's sort of <laughs> you brought up the turnover margin. They're the worst in the country, and and to be six and two, it, it's, it's you know we were saying <laughs> we, yeah we were saying this back when they were four and zero oh with that stat, you know, and and thinking oh wow how in the world is you know that's they've suddenly you know. Because you kind of thought at that point, I think, or at least I did, that it would, you know, even out. You know, maybe you would start kind of just trending, you know. The, the, well, it has evened out. It's evened out in the record. Like, it's – Yeah, it's, that's where it's evened it's, out, right. It's evened out the wrong direction if you're Kentucky. So, so yeah. And I just, you know, I don't know how you, you know, generate more turnovers. They clearly – I mean, it's not like they're pass rushes um, – you know, it's it's been solid, and it's been Josh Pascal has been really great at times. Um, but it's not like they're able to; they're, they've not been able to generate much through that either. As far as like you, you know, know, and and and, and, <laughs> and a lot of times that's what produces turnovers. You get a good pass rush, you force the quarterback to make a throw he doesn't want to make or rushes throw. That's how you come up with interceptions and so forth. And so yeah, uh, yeah. Looking back here, Florida International is one in seven. Memphis is four and four, <laughs> one in three in the league. Those are the other teams that have only produced uh, have only produced they, four they, turnovers. So yeah, they, they beat uh, Memphis. Beat Mississippi State, didn't they? That's correct. <laughs> I think thirty-one twenty-nine. That's correct. Uh, yeah, it's uh, oh, it's just so you know, it's it's. It was disappointing that they lost the way they did because, you know, it, it clearly impacted how they came out in those initial playoff rankings. And I know those will sort themselves out. There'll be a lot of things happening out West that kind of shake up. And But I think that loss really did. I think even if Kentucky wins out, I, I, there's some people that are a lot more positive thinking about it than I am. I don't know. It seems like it's going to be really hard for them to have a, a the case to keep moving up in the rankings. Yeah. Um, and be in a position to play in a New Year's Six Bowl now. It's not impossible. It's certainly not impossible. But it's going to be I tough. I don't know. They, they need a lot of help is the right. big thing. Like, you know. It's going to be tough. 
Well, anyway, we got uh, Kentucky and Tennessee on Saturday, 7 o'clock. Josh, plenty of coverage. He'll have his predictions. Plenty of coverage leading up to uh, the game on Saturday. Uh, Follow Josh on Twitter, Josh Moore HL. Like I said, look for his predictions later in the week and coverage during the game. Follow him on Twitter during the game and after the game. And Josh, thanks as always for being on the podcast. Yeah, it's always fun. Look forward to having you back in the press box with me. It's been a month, literally. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, it's been a while. Been a while. But but we'll be back there at Kroger Field on Saturday night. Thanks again, Josh. Take it easy, John. Okay, that'll do it for this edition of the John Clay Podcast. My thanks to both Jimmy Himes of WNML in Knoxville and Josh Moore of the Aeroleader in Kentucky.com. Be sure and check out their work online and on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at John Clay IV. You'll see at the top of my Twitter feed, the pinned tweet has all the information about the Sports Pass, sports only digital subscription to Kentucky.com. You get all of our UK football, basketball, recruiting horse racing, high schools, columns, you get it all. $30 for the first year. Go to my Twitter feed, as I said, John Clay IV, and click on the pin tweet or go to Kentucky.com, hit on the subscription button there and check out all the offers for subscriptions to the print edition of the Lexington Herald Leader and the digital subscriptions to Kentucky.com. We appreciate everyone who supports our work at the Lexington Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. I support everybody. I really appreciate everybody who supports this podcast, which you can find on Apple, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and our radio podcast. Subscribe uh, on any of the platforms where you can find the John Clay Podcast. Leave us a rating review. That helps as well. Be sure and check out all of our coverage leading up to Saturday's game between Kentucky, Tennessee, a 7 o'clock start uh, at Kroger Field. I'll have live updates on my blog, the John Clay Sidelines blog, during the game. Look for my takeaways after the game. Look for all of Mark's story, his column, his five things to know from the game. And check out Josh Moore on Twitter, Josh Moore HL, for his coverage, tweets before, during, and after the game, and his coverage as well. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time on the John Clay Podcast.